we, we sang it today. As a matter of fact, we are singing it throughout the entire liturgy this day. It's the refrain that we sang after the first reading that, that, that asked for something, that wants something to come. Come, come, Lord, send forth your spirit and renew the face of the earth. If there is ever a time that we need the coming of the Spirit, if there is ever a time that we need the face of the earth renewed, it is obviously right now this time. And so our prayer has to be really sincere. It really has to be open because, oh, Mother Earth is weeping. Mother Earth is crying. There's great pain and suffering in the world today because it looks like Sarks is having a field day. In the letter to the Romans uh, that we heard today, St. Paul says there seems to be a, a battle royale going on between what he called the spirit, Numa, and Sarks, which he calls the flesh, but it's not the flesh. It's a spirit. It's a spirit of, of, of me first, of anger, of judgment, of resentment. It is a spirit of control and of power. It is what Jesus referred to as the spirit of the world, and we know who the master of the world is. And so we, we are placed in the midst of that, and we say, we want the spirit. We, we call for the spirit. We beg for the spirit. Now, the last time I remember that we, we honestly, sincerely, as a community, as a church, asked for that spirit to come down was was, well, in 1961, when they still used to do the prayers after Mass, uh, when the Holy Father John XXIII, who they thought was going to be a little interim, little interim Pope, so that they can do business as usual, decided, no, there would be no business as usual. I want a new Pentecost. I want something new. And so we prayed after every Mass, O Lord, send us a new Pentecost. Send forth the Spirit. Renew the face of the earth. Renew your church. And John threw up the windows. Ajournamento. Come. Let some fresh air into the church. Why? Because we're in the middle of, of a malaise. A spiritual malaise. Everybody was in their own little silos. God was in his heaven, all's right with the world, as long as it's our little world. God forbid that we should enter into somebody else's little world or the big world. And so John, when he says, let's open the windows, see, he said, let, let the spirit of fresh air come into the world. And he brought Periti into the council, and he brought Protestants into the council. And, and women to watch what's going on. You know, it was utterly amazing because, oh, the, they were halcyon days. I mean, really, there really was a, a renewal of the church. There really was a, a, an enlivening. There, there really was brand new life. We were so excited about what this church was going to look like. And then it worked until it didn't. I, I, I don't know what it is about the Spirit of God and the Spirit of the world. I don't know what it is about the waxing and waning of the, of the, of the driving force of God's Spirit and, and the incredible weighing down power of the world in our, our broken nature. 
uh, that part of us that really wants to always be in control. But the spirit kind of waned and kind of went down. As a matter of fact, it went way down. I remember in, in 1971, in the midst of the Vietnam War, we, we began to scratch our heads and say, is, is this it? Is it going to get any better? And then sometimes it would get a little bit better. The, the spirit would, would come up, and there was a, a little bit of renewal, a little bit of new life. Uh, I can remember exactly at that same time when, when, when this war was going on and the protestation was going on, and we were saying that this is unjust, that exactly the same time there was the, the charismatic renewal. And it seemed like that, 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 that the spirit was coming. There always seemed to be that little bouncing back. And the bouncing back always came back. And, and the renewal was really wonderful. Everybody got baptized in the spirit. And, you know, there, there, there is, there is a, a water baptism. And then there, there's the, the spiritual baptism. Now, what the, the baptism of the spirit simply meant was that the spirit that is in us, and the Spirit is in us from the moment of our conception. The divine indwelling doesn't wait for us to be baptized with water. The divine indwelling is always there. All that these ceremonies do and these sacraments do and these pouring forth of prayers and waters do is, is bring to the consciousness, bring to awareness what is always there. And that's why St. Paul keeps on saying, stir in the flame. Stir into flame the, the spirit that was given to you on the day that I laid hands upon you. Don't let it be reduced to embers because there is always a danger to think that it will go out. It won't go out, but it'll be hidden. And so we, we go back to what does it mean to be one who is in communion with the Spirit. And the first thing we see as we go back to the Acts of the Apostles, which was so beautifully proclaimed today, was that, was that we had these scared disciples who have now been abandoned by the Master as he ascends back to heaven. And he said, it is better for me to go because if I don't go, I can't send you what I have. Now, we dare to believe that all of the charisms, all of the gifts, all of the graces the gift of prophecy and of healing and of, of everything was in this incarnated human being, this man we call Jesus, who was the Christ. And he says, when I return from whence I came, I will send you my spirit. It's better for, for me to go. And of course, we, we hear the, 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 the spirit today coming down like a wind. They, they have the wind at their back. They are literally blown away. Like a fire. They are on fire. They, they, they have no idea where this is coming from, but there is something burning inside of themselves, and it will not be put out. As a matter of fact, it must be proclaimed. So they rush outside and they begin speaking about what's going on. They have no idea where it's coming from. It's coming from a place that is not just them. It's coming from a place that really is truly divine. And, and as they're, they're speaking, what are they doing? What are they doing? They're going to this, these little silos, these different communities, and they are transcending their language. They're speaking to their heart. Cor ad cor loquator, John Newman called it. Heart to heart speaking. Doesn't matter the language. 
doesn't matter the language. And, and so they, 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 they're just, they're, they're amazed. Because look at us, they're, 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 they're speaking the language of love. Are we not uh, Parthians and Medes and Iliamites? That's modern day Iran. Are we not Mesopotamians? That's modern day Iraq. Cappadocians from Pontus, from Pamphylia, from Phrygia. That's modern day Turkey. Asia and the people from Libya and, 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 and the areas near Cyrene. That's North Africa. The whole world comes together transcending their differences, their languages. Why? Because they are hearing a new language. And what are they being created into? A community. Communitas. If, if, if Pentecost is about anything, it's about e pluribus unum. You know, that's the motto of our country. It's on our coins. We sure don't believe it. We sure don't work on it. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. One. And so in Corinthians, St. Paul tells us there are, are many different gifts. All the charisms of Jesus are now spread among all of the people, the myriads of people. And, and if, if those gifts are spread among the people, then they need to be used for the entire body of Christ. And you know, each and every one of us in this church today, in this beautiful chapel today, have a charism. You've got a gift. And our holy work is to let that grace, that charism, that gift be exercised. Because the drawing power of that charism and that gift is the same. It's the very same spirit. There is only one holy spirit. Negative spirits? Yeah, there seem to be negative spirits. Spirits that tear us apart? Yes. I really believe that what we're going through right now, this battle royale that we are going through now, is, is much more spiritual than it is even political, than it is even economic. If we truly became what John Lewis worked his whole life for, his whole life for the beloved community. If we really were able to do as he did after he was beaten up on the bridge, turn the other cheek and say to his brother who beat him up, you're my brother. We share the very same stuff, the Spirit of God. That kind of prophetic language, that kind of prophetic love is called to to imbue and imbibe each and every one of us so that we too are drunk in the Spirit. And then no matter what language we use, no matter what we say, it's powerful. You used to often say Mother Teresa was imbued with the Spirit of God and, and she would say things that sound absolutely banal from anybody else's mouth because she'd go, and you know, Jesus loves you. And we go, wow! Can you imagine that? Jesus loves me. Why? It was coming out of her heart. It was coming out of the Spirit. It was coming out of God. It was a divine proclamation. It wasn't just empty words, which, oh, we hear so many of. It was transformative. It was powerful. 
If there ever was a time that we need to pray for a new Pentecost, ask for a new Pentecost, work for a new Pentecost, it's right now. The world is in, in great division. And just as we are called to be a communitas, e pluribus unum, one out of many, right now the world is so terribly divided in different masses. Instead of being a community of unity, we have now become groups of tribes, one tribe against another tribe, and, 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 and experiencing mass psychosis. Mass psychosis is, is when one charismatic leader emotionally involves a large group of people who dare to believe the lies that they say and follow them through pure emotion and with absolutely no reason. Mass psychosis happened a couple hundred years ago when we were burning women at the stake, calling them witches. And everybody who was caught in the spirit, the zeitgeist of that time, went ahead without even thinking what they were doing. They said in a, there was a town in Switzerland where almost no women existed at all because they were all murdered, because they were all in this great lie. Tell a lie big enough and often enough, it's going to be eluded. In that great lie, in that negative spirit, great harm has been done. Now we've seen that over and over again. We saw it in the Second World War when there was a group of people who thought that they were, by a very sick leader, Uber alles, uber alles, over all. The first smells of white supremacy. We are the ones who have the truth. And of course, their truth was a lie. What's the antidote for that? What in the world can we use to extinguish the lie? and bring forth the truth. Now Mark Twain says a, a lie can make its way all the way around the world while the truth is trying to untie its shoelaces. It seems like it spreads so much easier, so much faster, and today it is on steroids. So if there ever was a time, it's now. To say it again, come Holy Ghost, Oh, come, Holy Ghost, renew the face of the earth. Karl Barth, the great theologian, once said, Don't you dare, don't you dare say the words, Come, Holy Ghost, unless you mean it. And so we really need to mean it. And it's going to take us sometimes where we may not rather go. It may make us speak words that we, in polite society, don't want to say. It is the power of, of that which allows the world to be reconciled and for our mother to live, for the earth to be renewed. St. Paul in Corinthians today, the other alternative reading, the one we didn't read today, says, No one can say, Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit, except that the Spirit is in them. If you believe that, 
I want you to repeat after me. Jesus is Lord. You got it. Now use it.